Welcome to Scary Basement. As you well know, each week, me and my friend Roxy are drawn inexplicably and supernaturally to this basement, which is full of demon dolls, spooky snakes, toy hammers, and your dad, who is back from the grave. <laughs> Here we have to study some aspect of horror or else we will forfeit our eternal souls. My name is Michael McCuller. And my name is Roxy Polk. Let's start out, Roxy, as we always do, with the scariest things that happened to us this week. What went down in your life, outside of the scary basement, of course, that spooked you to your bones? It spooked me to my bones. Well, <laughs> more technical issues, multiple weeks in a row. My computer just decided to give up on me in, in the middle of doing nothing weird or, like, strange, just in the middle of work. It doesn't work anymore, and it took me two weeks. That's terrifying. Had you, two weeks to fix it. Did you modify the computer recently or anything? Did you add any parts that maybe you unearthed from an Indian burial ground? You know, it might have been that. I didn't ask the seller, like, where he got it from, but there was, like, mm. <laughs> a bunch of other, like, haunted and possibly enchanted items around him, so I should have made that connection. So that's really on right. me, I think. <laughs> yeah, you went to the haunted item yeah. store. Uh, I mean, they <laughs> said their the, hard drive uh, was supposed to be really good, so, you know, I I looked on Yelp and decided to listen to the reviews, and, <laughs> you know, some, you can't be right all the time, I guess. What about no. you, Mikey? Absolutely not. Uh, the scariest thing that happened to me this week, my Alexa, don't say anything, don't no, do it. No, it's going to hear it. <laughs> My Alexa has been popping up when I don't mean it to. Is she haunted? Could she be haunted? Well, okay, because so, I'm, I'm a writer, right? And sometimes I'll be writing a line of dialogue and I'll say it out loud. Mm -hmm. And I'll just say like, oh, well, this sure isn't my cat. And Alexa will activate and say, are you sure it's not your cat? And I'll be like, yo, Alexa, don't be scary. I think maybe Demon Bot has infected your Alexa and you might want to get that checked out. <laughs> Demon bot is horrifying. Demon bot. There's a of technology <laughs> happening. <laughs> I, I strongly suspect that demon bot is part of at least what is drawing us supernaturally and explicitly to this basement every week. And uh, I wish he would just stay in the basement. He, he wants to get out there. My he, week free of demon. He bot. doesn't like living down there with your dad, who's back from the grave. That's the problem. <laughs> Not a fun hang. I don't think. <laughs> Listen. My dad wasn't a fun hang when he was alive. <laughs> now, <laughs> now it gets even worse. Uh, speaking of Demon Bot, is he is he rustling over there? I, I'm surprised we haven't seen him before. Oh, never mind. There he is. We talked about him. Yeah, he's creeping up. Greetings, mortals. Have you watched the film I have assigned for you, or your soul's forfeit? It follows. Roxy, did you watch it? Do you have to forfeit your eternal soul? Uh, luckily, I did watch it, so I do not. What about you, Mikey? Okay, yeah, I did watch it. Last minute. I was like, oh, fuck, my soul! And then I, <laughs> last second, <laughs> snuck over and grabbed it. Good. Then you may keep your souls. For now. Please prove that you have watched the film by summarizing the plot. Uh, it follows. 2014 film. I forgot to grab the director's name. Uh, he was very David good. David Robert Mitchell. David Robert Mitchell. It's definitely one of those movies that's like about the guy's name. You know what I'm saying? Like he two or three times in the movie, it's like a film by David Robert Mitchell. <laughs> well, because he wrote it as well as directed it, too. So we get it, David Robert Mitchell. You're talented. He's Hideo Kojima of movies i guess he's a hideo kojima of horror <laughs> apparently, movies apparently <laughs> i've decided 
this movie, we open on a girl in pumps running out of her house. Can we talk about she, how much I hate that? By the way, I was f- stressed out about it too. Yeah, not why is proper she running those, attire. You would never choose that, no. especially because it looks like she's wearing like pajamas and she just ran out of the house then in heels somehow. Right, she's like kind of prepared for this. No, she's not prepared at also, all. Not. And then like the first thing you would, gra- why would your high heels be next to you when you're in pajamas? Is what I don't get. <laughs> it's a stylistic choice though it's like a i don't know i think he wanted to make like a comment on women running around in heels in horror movies maybe i don't know well it does feel like it does kind of feel walk of shamey right she runs out of her house she's in high heels she's theoretically been dressed up she's got a lot of skin showing and the rest of her neighbors are all like looking at her yeah. i think that's starting to right away get into like how do we look at people who have sex who dare who dare to have yeah. sex. I guess since she's coming out of her house in a suburban neighborhood, it made me think less walk of shame. She's already at home, I guess. Her parents mm. are there. Like, literally, her dad walks out and is like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, she forgets something. And so instead of just running back into her house, she circles wide, goes all the way around, pops back in, gets her purse, drives to the beach. There, she leaves her parents a voicemail telling them how much she loves them. And in the morning, she is found on the beach, dead mutilated body all bent up leg in an angle that you don't want to see a leg at god like how abrupt that scene is too like between her talking and then showing her body like the next morning it's like a jump cut yeah exactly with like no sound effect no nothing the Mm -hmm. cinematography in this movie is maybe the best thing about it like there's a lot of good things about this movie Mm. but the cinematography is incredibly impressive big long shots like that whole scene with her like running through the neighborhood is just like a single shot like going around essentially in a Mm -hmm. circle they call that a wonder in the business. Oh, okay, the wonder is that they call is that, that a real? Wonder. I'm a. I think oh. it is. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not in the business. I don't, I don't really know what you anything is. We are kind of though, Mikey. So like when you say that shit, I'm like, wait, okay, that could actually be real, or Mikey could be fucking with me. Maybe it is. I think. I think it is. I okay. feel like I've heard that term before. Uh, we then meet Jane. Is her name Jane? I feel like uh, as I was reading about it on Wikipedia, Jay? it might be Jay. Hang on, am I lying? I'm going to call her Jane because that's a human person's Hang name. <laughs> Jay is the name of an animated film critic. Did you ever watch The Critic? I don't think I've seen a single episode about that. Her name is Jay. It's, uh, short for Jamie. Get out of here. I'm going to call her Jane because that's what all my notes say. I don't make the rules. I didn't create It Follows. And that's I'm what her name should David be. David Robert Mitchell. <laughs> Jane is out swimming in her pool. She then goes inside to say hello to her sister, Kelly. Kelly's friend, Paul, who has a big time crush on Jane and Kelly's other friend, whose name is Weirdo. Jane then goes on a date with Hugh. They go to see a movie. They play a cute little game in line that conveniently allows Hugh to point out a little girl in a yellow dress that Jane does not see. This freaks Hugh out. They skedaddle only to just a few scenes later, go have sex in the car. After the sex, as Jane waxes poetically about what it means to be lonely, what it means to be alive, what it means to be a human being, she gets her ass chloroformed. (laughs) Horrifying. That's another transition that's really interesting, too, like the complete vibe shift. Oh, yeah. This whole movie, okay, also, her friend that is pointless in the glasses, who, like you talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. Weirdo. Yes, weirdo. She has that e-reader thing. People don't have cell phones, but she has this high-tech e-reader thing that's like a clamshell. They're very ambiguous about, like, the technology, and it has this very nostalgic feel to it. 
mm-hmm. while also I hadn't even thought about the use of cell phones in this movie. They kind of don't cell exist. Cell phones don't exist. All of their cars are old. The fashion can like kind of be modern, but sometimes it looks like it could be from a different period. Then she's got that weird mm. high tech like e-reader thing. Like they very intentionally make it ambiguous where it's it's reminiscent of the 80s, feels like it's in the 80s, but also feels like it's not. Yeah, that e-reader, I guess, is the only thing I can think of that's like really super out of place. Yeah, like the clothing, a lot of it looks like more modern, you know, like you could maybe make that debate, but a lot of it looks like relatively timeless and stuff. So doesn't this movie become a 100% different movie if Weirdo is reading like a paperback in that scene? Um, I guess because I'm just thinking about like how that kind of sets me up like that little e-reader thing. She has this little like clamshell e-reader that she's like scrolling through and reading a book. Yeah, it's like the size of a makeup compact for anybody who hasn't. seen. Yeah, it. it feels like that's a piece of technology. And I'm like, OK, so this is a present day movie. Yeah, but I think that's the only example of it being a present day movie. All of their TVs are like big CRT old TVs. In fact, like yeah. in their living room, there's two TVs stacked on top of each other, which like makes no sense. <laughs> like, how is it? Why is this like this? That's such a 12-year-old boy thing. Like, I feel like I had two TVs, not stacked on top of each other, but next to each other in my room growing up, because I was like, well, then I can have friends over and we can both play one-player games at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) And that was, listen, that was chill. Which I think this movie, it takes so many tropey things from 80s movies and from slasher movies in general and everything, particularly like Halloween with a lot of the Mm. suburban settings and everything and kind of the stalker vibe going on. Um, Yeah, the slow moving nature, I feel like. Yeah. Whenever we see Michael Myers on screen, he's moving slowly. And this is the first movie to call that out and just be like, yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of it. That's what we like about this monster. A lot of it is dedicated to kind of like he's trying to capture that specific vibe from those movies from that time period. I can see that. So Hugh has chloroformed Jane. When she comes to, Hugh gives her the rules of the sex monster that he just gave her. (laughs) He has passed on. The stalker creature, I refer to it as the It Follows Ghoul. Okay, ghoul. It does look quite ghoulish at times. There is now a slow-moving monster that will be following Jane. You can't let it touch you. It will kill you. It will destroy you. Only Jane can see it, or other people who have gotten this sex disease can also see it. But they're not actively being pursued by it. If the thing gets to Jane, it will then go back up the list and kill the person who Jane slept with. So you're really, you're in your best interest to sleep with somebody who is going to go sleep with a lot of people. Yeah, so then you can like pass it on. And he's doing this all to her like while she's tied to a wheelchair (laughs) in her underwear. Yeah. It it made me think about how it's like both smart and dumb at the same time because one, he wants to keep her alive so it doesn't get to him her staying alive Mm -hmm. puts more distance between him and the creature but also like so many times in like movies or any sort of horror story when you try to explain the monster or the weird thing that's happening people just run (laughs) away or like not believe you or whatever so it's kind of like i feel like he had to do that in a way yeah which i thought was interesting like that's probably the smartest thing a character does in the whole movie i feel like it's not bad it's and it's (laughs) also like a way to apologize he's like i don't want to just leave you with this and then bounce like i want you to be equipped to survive and figure out like you need to know about this too yeah it's incredibly self-serving though it's just to save himself so there's more distance between him and the monster so it's not so much kind i don't think it's just giving her a shot at surviving so he can what is so funny to me about this movie is how on the nose the metaphor is (laughs) It's like, it's so clearly an STD monster that like 
two or three times in the movie, somebody just asks like, oh, she had sex with that guy. Did she catch anything? Like it is not, <laughs> it's not dancing around it. It functions like that, except for the part, which I, and I think is kind of important where it does you a service to pass it on. Like so much of the, the notion about like STDs is that like you are afraid to give them to your partner. And so you want to communicate them like, but if you could get rid of it, by foisting it upon somebody else and then like bounce yourself. Mm-hmm. That feels like a whole new layer of how to deal with an STD. And would we be this selfish? Mm. How much of our uh, conversation about STDs right now is about caring for our partner and also feeling like I do still need to have sex and I need to, uh, I would love to get rid of this. Mm-hmm. So that was funny to me. <laughs> um, the monster also can shapeshift. It looks like a person, but it can look by look like somebody you know. It can look like a random person. I, for the longest time, thought it was just taking forms of people it had killed before. Yeah, like that would make more sense. Or if it's like somebody who's dead. Like, I don't understand. I guess th- this monster has rules, but it also breaks the rules many times. And then uh, some of the rules like don't track as well. Oh, what are the rules you think it breaks? I thought this movie was really great about like pinning down its rules more so than any movie I can remember. Pinning down its rules and sticking to them. I mean, there's multiple times since you're get- going through like the summary, I won't just jump to in the middle. Like at the beginning, it starts out pretty, okay. pretty much following its rules. It feels like it kind of loses it later in, I'd say. Just okay. here and yeah, there. Let me know. Yeah. Let me know if you if a moment seems off rule to you. Okay. Uh, Cause I didn't notice any Hugh and Jane escape from this monster. It's a nude woman in flip flops. Very scary. <laughs> Jane tells the cops what happens. They're like, Oh yeah, this Hugh fellow, his name's not Hugh. He rented a house with a fake name and he has since skipped town. So nobody knows where this guy is. He's out in the wind. We then follow Jane back to school. She looks out of her English classroom window and sees an old ass lady walking straight to her. So this was another scene that was basically lifted from Halloween as well. With her being in the class and like being shocked from outside, like even like oh, the sure. choices too. It was very cool to be able to like. Yeah, that. she the uh, the old lady like pretty quickly gets in the school, and <laughs> I thought they did such a great job of confirming that like only Lily or uh, Lily. I kept calling her Lily. Jay. <laughs> her name is Jane. I keep thinking Jane. she looks like. Her name also isn't Jane. Uh, I have no idea what this character's name. I kept thinking she looks like, I think the actress's name is like Lily Reinhold from Riverdale. She plays like Betty in the Riverdale show. Uh And so in my head, I kept calling her Lily. Oh, really? When I should have been calling her Jane. And even that wasn't right. So I'm like three degrees. Okay. (laughs) It's wrong names all the way down. Like, I think I had seen this actress first in uh, The Host, which is another good movie that I'm not sure if it technically qualifies as horror. You should see it if we don't Mm. end up watching it for an episode someday. Is that a Korean movie? Uh, No, actually. It's, um, oh, no, it's not The Host. Sorry. The Guest. Excuse me. The Guest. Yeah. The Guest. It's, uh. Which that, that director did a movie that I will definitely suggest later that is a straight-up horror movie called uh, You Are okay. Next, which is very good. I feel like I've seen that. Hmm. Jane bounces out of class. She's soon confronted in the halls by this old woman. She says, hello. And then, like, there's other students in the hall that are like, hello, like, because they can't see this old woman. It's so smart. It's so, like, effective. I'm just like, yes, I know. I get it. Only she can see him. This is the monster. <laughs> so the cinematography and the sound design, I think, are, like, the two strongest things. And whenever it shows up, the way they cue the music, there isn't, like, a cheap jump scare noise or something. Yeah. This kind of weird soundscape that is, like, very threatening when this thing is, like, getting closer to 
yeah. the main character just doing and anything. This will kind of, um, I guess, a spoiler for this episode of our <laughs> podcast. Uh, our bet was about jump scares, mm-hmm. how many times I would get jump scared. And I got jump scared very few times Damn because it. this movie okay. turns out to not be a jump scare yeah, movie. Yeah, I kind of forgot that when I made my bet. So I have a feeling you're going to win this one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned <laughs> for, the for riveting answer. 20 minutes or whenever we get to it. That night, Paul and Weirdo decide that they're going to sleep over to keep Jane safe from whatever they she seems to believe is following her. Jane comes downstairs to chill alone with Paul. It's maybe getting a little flirty. I don't know. At this yeah, point in the movie, I'm like, vibe. you've got to sleep with Paul. There's a vibe. I'm so angry she's not sleeping Paul with Paul. Definitely. Every second she's not sleeping with Paul, I'm furious. <laughs> he definitely wants to sleep with her. Oh, boy, does he? He's got a vibe to him that I don't know how I feel about either. <sighs> Honestly. <laughs> oh, no. Listen, it's, Paul's a creep. Yeah. I'm, and that's why it's okay to sleep with him and give him sex monster and move on. He wouldn't be able to stand up to sex, sex monster, though. He'd come after her immediately. He wouldn't be a very good buffer, in my opinion. That's very true. Okay. Can I, maybe this is the right time to tell you my plan <laughs> that I'm, I'm thinking they should have done immediately. That's the what moment I'm they confirm. Ask you, though. I'm going to ask you that. No, no, no. It's not what I would do to avoid it. Oh. It's what I would do sexually if I were these specific people. Oh, the, okay. All right. Let's, I let's think hear it. Jane sleeps with Paul. Uh-huh. Paul sleeps with Kelly. Which one is Kelly? Is Kelly sleeps with Greg. Sister? Kelly's the sister. Okay. Kelly sleeps with Greg, who is the boy across the street uh-huh. that we're gonna that we maybe have met by now, which just like in glimpses, but like will come into play a little more later. Yeah. Kelly sleeps with Greg. Greg sleeps with Weirdo. Uh, and I think that's it. But then they have so, like the whole group is all like, okay, we know. We're all set. A weirdo could go to we the next town on. and find someone or something. Yeah. That's one of the things that I feel like they should have done. I'm just so furious that like nobody is, the moment it's confirmed that sex is what passes this thing off, that they're all just like, all right, we'll just leave it with you. It's like, no, have sex with everybody. Yeah, like that, all that's people one should of be the frustrating sex. things about this is that they don't really like test out the rules or anything to like see what else you can do with that. Mm. Like, yeah, can we just like domino it like that? Is it only between like, it, you know, uh, straight couples? Like if, if you're... I was wondering that too. Queer, like, is it gonna <laughs> happen mm-hmm. the exact same way? Like, what exactly triggers it? That's one of the things I'm right. just kind of like. If it's supposed to be more of an idea, I wish it didn't have like. I wish they were more elusive about the rules because when they start talking about how there's rules to it, it makes me think that it's like a little more structured. When I feel like mm. they don't quite commit to it fully. So yeah, they never get into like the gray area of it. Yeah, which like if they were being more like metaphorical about it, then instead of just being like, okay, you have certain rules, only the people who have only the victims can see it, you know, and it is passed on. This is a great test. This is a great test. Like also like, is it is it just like if you give someone a blowjob, does that count? Like what? Here's my exact question. (laughs) Would Bill Clinton have transferred it to Monica Lewinsky? (laughs) Exactly. Famously, he said under oath he did not have sex. So does the It Follows monster follow the United States court system? (laughs) Exactly. Especially if it's supposed to be kind of like a stigma and like a symbol of death and everything Mm -hmm. like this. Because at that point, it might as well be like if you sleep in the same bed as somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I don't know. Or if (laughs) if it's something your friends would judge you for. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Jane comes downstairs. She's chilling with Paul. We found out that Paul was her first kiss and that Paul turned around and kissed Kelly. That's why I thought they were setting up for like, mm. let's all just form a, an intricate sex chain because mm-hmm. Paul's already in it. Uh, anyhow, a window breaks. The It Follows Ghoul hops in all nude and gross. Jane loses her mind. She goes upstairs. Can we talk about how dumb that is? Like when you see it in the house, it's like pissing itself. And it's like this woman who looks like maybe she's a rape victim or something. But mm. like... 
it just felt so comical. I was like, why is it pissing itself? This is so dumb. Yeah. We're like, well, I, I guess think that's it's- kind of the idea that like, this is how we are looking at people who have sex. I guess. But then plenty of times when it takes the forms of just like a normal person or like a child, you know, mm-hmm. at certain points, it feels a little, I don't, I don't know what it, if it's just like trying to unnerve you is what it feels like. It feels like it's yeah. a little less focused. But I just thought that was funny, sort of, which was not the reaction I was supposed to have to it. Do you think it's maybe whatever specifically is scaring you at the moment? Like, if at that moment she's worried about being perceived as a slut for having sex with this guy who bailed, like, that she would see a slut? I don't... That she would... I wish it was more like that, but I don't think it is. Because then, like, Mm. why when... This will be a slight thing that happens later, but she envisions it being... It's taking the form of her friend, and then it takes the form of a child. Yeah. And then it takes the form of the victim from, I think, the the opening scene. So I'm like, what? how does any of that connect with anything? Like, it just feels like it's kind of randomizing it. Like, you just hit randomizer on an NPC (laughs) creator or something. Which is another thing that I wish it was a little more focused. I wish it was more kind of like, you know, an internalized thing where it's how they see it. Especially since the victim is the only one who can see it. That would make so much more sense and be, like, a much Mm -hmm. better opportunity to kind of, like, show that. Yeah. And it's definitely, like, making choices, right? Because when there's two people who can see it, they'll say, like, do you see that girl? And they're like, yes, I see that girl. It's not like, do you see that girl? And they're like, no, I see my high school band teacher. Yeah, it's not like they see different things. They see the same thing. Yeah, so it's taking a physical form. And like, at one point, it takes the form of a character who is still alive, who it is going to kill. It's like on its way to kill that person, but that person's still alive. Yeah. So, I don't know. Cool. Love (laughs) it. (laughs) Anyway, that's a tangent. (laughs) Upstairs, everybody huddles up in Jane's room until Weirdo knocks at the door. And then, baby... This is when the tall man cometh. <laughs> My favorite shot in this movie. Very good. They open the door for a weirdo and they're like, hmm, everything's fine. And then just out of the blackness, the tallest man in history just like lumbers over in this terrifying stride. The It Follows Ghoul is the tallest man I've ever seen. It barrels into Jane's room. Jane evades it and lives to have sex another day. Jane then runs to the park where she meets not only her sister's friends, but also Greg, the hot neighbor boy. He can drive. And this changes everything. Yeah, he got a car. <laughs> now, they can go to Hugh's rented house. There, they poke around a little bit. They find dangling cans. They find walls that can be removed because this guy's been living with an It Follows monster for quite a while. Yeah. Like, I, he knows how to did escape. he, like, legit rent that house or was he just squatting there? I feel like, because it feels like nobody owns it. And, like, you wouldn't want to leave a paper trail also. That's a great call. Yeah. Uh, I guess he said he was... I, I, I thought that they had mentioned him renting a house. They did, but, but it was remember. just kind of like, I wonder if he even really did that. Because yeah. it felt like when they go there, it feels like he was squatting in it, possibly. I also am like, is he renting this house and then like living here? And then when it comes, he just like takes a lap and yeah, brings it like, back? Yeah, like I wonder if he like spaced it out to figure. See, that's the thing, too. Like they don't really figure out the time it takes like i wish they had done something more to like figure out okay you've got this much time because it moves at this speed i need them to plant a tracking chip on this ghoul (laughs) yeah that too why not i need like a gbs and we can see okay he's down uh on la cienega i need monster (laughs) gps (laughs) but so it makes me think that maybe he had done an experiment or something to see how long it would take him like between his home and this place maybe so maybe like every other day he swaps off maybe I love that. I love that. That he's just got a regular system that he can do. He's like, okay, Tuesday and Wednesday I'm at my house. 
yeah. the rest of the days. <laughs> I have a time <laughs> to share house. with the yeah the squatting house. <laughs> what if it's everybody is living at that? There's like a bunch of people living at that house, and they all have it follows. Could be. Just... That's probably the case. <laughs> Greg, the hot neighbor boy, can drive. So they go to Hugh's rented house. They explore it. There they find a picture of Hugh. Not Hugh. In his high school. Oh wait, Letterman's yes, sorry, jacket. no, it is Hugh. Sorry, they go to two different houses. I got confused for a second. And this is where, like, is this the girl we saw in the very first scene with him in the photo? So I can't tell because they looked so different. So I don't know. I wish they had made it more clear if that was the case. Maybe it was just. Yeah, I didn't know. I needed to pay more attention. But I feel like they had totally different hairstyles, Hmm. which would have been a nice way to, like, kind of give a visual cue. But, like, her face was very small in the portrait. So I'm not sure. Because I did things Hmm. like explaining about what happened to Jay's dad that like they never say it, but it is clearly shown just through visual cues. So it might've been another instance of that where they were trying Mm, to imply. I could see that. Yeah. I like the idea of him giving it to his girlfriend, not necessarily knowing what was going on. Exactly. And that's maybe why he suddenly gets, Oh, and then that's why he would explain it to her. Yeah. And why he starts to get, he was a sweetheart. (laughs) (laughs) Debatable. So the gang heads to uh, Hugh's actual house. They confront him over sodas. Very Hugh's awkward. suggestion is to drive and get some time to think. It ultimately leads to nothing. He's just like, yeah, I told you the rules. Like, I don't know what yeah. you... I, I was kind of confused why they were looking for him. I was like, what more? He told you a lot. Yeah, I guess at and this I think point, everything he like, knows. nobody else... That's the thing, too. It takes her friends so long to believe her. Like, they don't. They still mm-hmm. don't believe her at this point. Especially Greg, the neighbor kid, who was just like... Oh, God, he's so annoying. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> believe her whatsoever. And you, they go no. and find this guy who is obviously terrified, giving you a specific thing. Like, he's backing up the story she said. They're both very scared. Mm-hmm. Even if it's they're having a shared delusion. Like, something is wrong. And, like, yeah. <laughs> he feels we so got Greg the Hammer it. Valentine over here is just like, man, wow, two crazy people saying the same crazy thing. And yeah, it's like, oh, well, they're just <laughs> Can dumb. You believe like, it? I don't believe it. They just, <laughs> they're crazy. At this point, the gang heads on up to Greg's cabin, where they engage in wholesome activities like swimming and learning how to shoot a gun. Jane is soon attacked by the It Follows Ghoul, and here it pushes Paul, slices him in the stomach. They're all finally on the same page. Yes, this is a real monster. It just happens to be invisible. It never left footprints or anything. Greg conveniently not there and decides to still not believe any of them after they say it. (laughs) And there is physical evidence (laughs) at this point. (laughs) This is when they go and hide in the shed. They bolt the door closed. The tall man bops back again. It's pretending to be what's her face, the uh, <laughs> the the pointless friend. Oh, glasses weirdo. weirdo. It's pretending to be weirdo, uh, and it's that's that's a very cool shot where she's in the water, and then there's one of her coming back behind, but you don't see the one mm-hmm. you don't see her established in the water because the creature doesn't speak either. So that's like another thing. Here's the uh, here's the moment where I'm like, if I'm the it follows ghoul. Why am I not switching into the friend that they're like right next to? You know what yeah, I'm saying? Then yeah. you can do like a, who's who's the real weirdo? And then they shoot one weirdo and it's like, oh God, you accidentally shot your friend weirdo. Yeah. I thought for sure they were going to murder their friend that weirdo. That would have been smarter and would have made more sense, but it doesn't have any rules for what it turns into. And at the same time, mm-hmm. he was like, it's smart, but it's slow. And it's like, is it smart though? I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's just slow. I guess- that's a good point that it doesn't talk, though. Yeah. I guess you couldn't do, well, I'm the real Michael McCuller. No, I am the real Michael McCuller. And then your friends have the gun and they're pointing it back and forth. They're like, who's the real one? Uh, yeah. Like, it can just make a screech noise. I think trope. the only time is when it dominoes, like, three or four different forms where it starts off as weirdo, 
then they shoot it in the head, then it breaks the door to the shed they're in, then it's like a child mm-hmm. and it screams. Yeah. And then it's a little girl. Right. So I think we also get a glimpse of the tall man. It, when in they're in the one? shed. Okay. Maybe, maybe. They like see him up at the top of the window oh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, he, he breaks the door. Yeah, see, <laughs> yeah it like swaps My between favorite. a bunch of different forms just because it feels like it. Because why not? It's having a good time. <laughs> Dude, he's having fun. <laughs> uh, at this point, Jane runs off. She hops in the car. She's so frantic. She plows right into the cornfield. At that point, she wakes up in the hospital, broken arm, all her family's around. And that's when she's like, you know, it's time to sex this Greg up. <laughs> And Greg's got to get sex. He doesn't take her seriously anyway, so he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Right. He doesn't care. Guess, it's very funny. Yeah. And then he immediately goes down to, like, the hospital McDonald's and finds another girl to bang, which, which is very Which he, funny. like, didn't, because at that point, I was like, oh, is he taking it seriously, so he's going to try and pass it on to someone else to get uh-huh. more space, and I don't know if he would tell her or what, but he doesn't. He's just flirting, no, he's eating, like, a filet of fish or something. Well, and, so and that's awkward. yeah. He's eating this like gross sandwich <laughs> with like a big slice of American cheese just dripping out, and he's like, mm, "Yeah, I'm going to have sex with you." There's soon. like three girls too, just enthralled by him for some reason. He ain't that hot. <laughs> he and it recontextualized all the scenes we'd seen before with him. Like we'd seen him in glimpses, like hanging out with other women, yes, and I yeah. for, like I remember thinking like, "Oh, it's like his sister." We also get a weird shot of him like checking out weirdo. Yeah, he's just having sex with everybody. Yeah. It turns out. I think the only- God bless you, Greg. He might have had a sibling who was in the house with him. Like, that's the only one who maybe. But yeah, I thought that was his sister. But then I think you're correct. And I don't think she was. Yeah. They had just- He just had a bunch of women who were with him. And they were always <laughs> always commenting on how fucked up Jane's family <laughs> yeah, was. Exactly. Which is very funny. <laughs> so, Greg bangs another girl real quick. No, he doesn't. It's a specific- the McDonald's girl. He doesn't, though. Unless it killed her and off screen and we never saw. Oh, I think that's what's implied. Is it? Okay. Yeah, we never we never see him have sex with her, but that's why, like, he's like, yeah, I haven't seen anything. Because he gave it to somebody else right away, and then it was dealing with her. I thought it was just that he didn't- Making its way back. He didn't care, kind of. So it's right. just like he's going about his business. I didn't- Very I funny. saw it yeah. more as him he just He comes like, over and is just like, yeah, I haven't seen anything. Yeah. Maybe, okay, then I guess that would make sense then why maybe he- then again, he's not, like, trying to see it at all. If he saw somebody walking towards him, I don't think it would even register to him that it is the creature. Well, it's, like, a couple days that... Oh, maybe it has been. I Jane, don't like, know. goes home Basically, and she's, like, watching from a window. This game... Game, excuse me. This movie has, like, a very dreamlike quality to it sometimes where, like, passage of time mm-hmm. is a little weird. You kind of can't really gauge how long things take sometimes. Mm-hmm. So... The fact that we are having this debate in the first place that we are unsure, <laughs> I'm not sure if that's right. a problem or not. Yeah, I don't mind it. I like that. I like that. That to me was one of those moments where like, oh, suddenly Greg's entire character snapped into focus in a way that he really hadn't before. I didn't really understand why he was like, who are these women he's talking to? Who are all these? Uh, and that's why I thought, again, it felt like they were setting us up for a big, smart sex cycle. Yeah, yeah. Because like, if Greg's into, like, if Kelly's into Greg, then Greg can be into weirdo. Like, it felt like we were all, like, I was, like, doing the sex math in my yeah, head of like how it, we can get everybody yep. on board and then figure out what to do from there. I didn't do it. Yeah. It's kind of a shame. Yeah. If I'm ever in a scary situation, I'm going to just right away suggest, like, I don't know if this is a sex rule thing or not, <laughs> but we should all consider having sex with each other in various permutations. Don't you remember it follows could be way. like that? <laughs> Did you guys see it's followed? They're like, no, it's Michael Myers. We <laughs> yeah. know what universe we're in. <laughs> and I'm like, well, let's just try it. 
Can we just try That'll it, please? That would make Michael Myers more likely to kill you, Mikey, if you have sex in his movie. <laughs> you want to die quicker is what you're saying. I'm, I'm going to write a sex-positive <laughs> Halloween movie. It's so which funny, I guess though, this movie because kind like, of is. Halloween is sort of the establishment of those tropes. But like that wasn't his intention at all when he made the movie, John Carpenter's intention. It was just supposed to be that they mm-hmm. were too distracted by each other. To notice the thing coming oh. after them. Whereas, like, Lori is babysitting children and kind of, like, on the watch. So it makes sense why mm-hmm. she would see it coming. Especially since he had been stalking So Halloween her. is a sex-positive slasher movie. I'd say it's not sex-negative, but people took that away from it <laughs> to a degree, sure. which is unfortunate. <laughs> Love it. So Jane is up in her room. She's looking out the window. She's watching for the It Follows Ghoul. Eventually, she sees it's Greg breaking into his own house, right? Yeah, in like white long johns, he's just walking down the street. And then yeah. he tries the door. Door doesn't open. Just fucking smashes that window. He smashes his own window, crawls into his house. And this time, in a nice little bit of role reversal, Jane does the following. That's true. She does. She follows. <laughs> the it here refers to Jane. <laughs> She follows the ghoul inside the window. She hops in, sees it turn into Greg's mother, knock on the door, and sex her son to death. (laughs) Just grabs him. It was like, it felt like we needed that scene earlier to just like, okay, here's the true stakes. Here's what happens. They said, don't let it touch you. But it's like, this is the scene where we're like, here's what happens if it touches you. It becomes the worst person you could ever have sex with and has sex with you. Also, like, he doesn't really get mutilated the same way the girl in the first scene did. Mm -hmm. Um, He just kind of, like, turns pale, which was, like, a little confusing. But, like, the main character, she's, like, booking it out of there. So who knows what happens after that? (laughs) Yeah, she could, um, like, like Hannibal... (laughs) <laughs> it's always happened on the show Hannibal like the killer would kill somebody and then like arrange them in an artistic way like maybe that's the It Follows Ghoul's bit of creativity that they folded that first girl's leg into an L yeah I feel like it just uh, maybe it escalates to get a little more uh, <laughs> aggressive after the initial <laughs> time it tackles you I guess that makes sense Jane then drives away this is when we get the <laughs> what I would say famous you mentioned it earlier when we were just talking about it and I noticed it too Jane sleeps on the hood of her I car like it. a it's, true maniac. It's so dumb. She's broken her arm, so she has her arm in a cast at this point. She's driven as far as she can. Her friend just got murdered, and she sleeps on the hood of her car in a forest. Yeah. What? Do what are understand. you doing? She just wanted to die at that point? It's... It, and you don't even have the safety. Like, I always th- feel like a car is pretty safe. Yeah, because you would get some warning, even if it has to break a window to get in, it still has to break a window. Mm-hmm. And you've got some maneuverability where if it's breaking the window coming in on one side, you can leave the door from the other side. Also, Anything. warmer? Yes. Blocks the wind? Exactly. I don't know. I don't know. Feels like there's no <laughs> no positives yeah. to it. Especially it's, yeah, especially because I kind of can't tell, like, what time of year. I think it's sort of fall. It's Feels like fall-ish, quarter, yeah. sort of fall. So it's, like, colder outside, too. So it makes even less sense. (laughs) This is when Jane goes over to the beach, takes off her pants, and wades out, presumably to a boat. With three dudes And gets a boat ride home. (laughs) So did she sleep with, like, all three of them, and then the monster worked his way through all three of them, or just one of them? Like, what? That's another scene where they're, like, 
you can just come to your own conclusions about that. Yeah, I thought she was, I didn't even think about her. I, I thought she was going to have sex with them, but I don't know that she did or not. I thought they were just going to give her a boat ride home and then the monster would have to walk through the water, which would slow it down. I mean, like, that would be smarter, but I feel like that's not the case, especially because, like, her cast is wet by the time she comes back. And it seemed like she just wanted some peace for, like, a second, you know, like, Mm. I just want to be able to sleep tonight. I'm going to just sleep with these guys to sacrifice them, I guess, so I can get some peace of mind. But then later she's like, oh, I can't do that because then somebody would die if I did that. Because I already mm, saw it happen. I could see that. So, well, like, I, Here's I feel what like I, do. I don't really know what her deal is in a way. Because it seems like she is thinking about it in two different ways. I think what I would do in that point, if I find a boat with three guys, uh-huh. I'm like, yo. You, like, you identify whoever is the most into her. Mm-hmm. They're all into her, right? Mm-hmm. You identify who's the most into you. And you say, you know what I'm super into is watching you have sex with your friends. <laughs> so, let's you and me have sex. I'll obviously, you know money up front i will you will have sex first and then i want to watch you have sex with your friends and then i want to watch your friend have sex with your other friends <laughs> just manipulate that yeah i mean like who knows what happened on that boat we don't know she could have swam into the water decided not to do it and then swam back for all we know i hope that the entire or banged all four sequel four, for this movie them? takes place on that boat i hope they <laughs> it follows two is a two hour uh scene set on the boat and we just see uh men having sex with each other (laughs) yeah there you go that's my goal for that movie (laughs) jane returns home she finds that paul this is where she gets together with paul and they talk up in the room he is so mad she didn't choose him to be her sex partner yeah the way he's like when it when did you pick me yeah the way he says it he's like i would have had sex with you too or something it's like okay yeah we know we know that we're we're aware paul (laughs) she's aware of that petulant so weird yeah he feels very deserving of it uh or or he himself feels that he is deserving of it no i felt like he thought that he he could evade it or something it seemed like he thought he could he wanted oh i think it had nothing to do with the it follows ghoul oh yeah no no (laughs) just want to sleep with her he was just like whatever i gotta do yep yep uh here he sees a picture of jane in the pool and he gets a great pool-based idea that i think is incredible at this point Jane, Kelly, Paul, and Weirdo get in the car, drive over to the pool, and they start setting up plugged-in lights and lamps and typewriters all around the uh, perimeter of the pool. To presumably electrocute the creature (sighs) while it is in the water. Jane hops in. She gets her bathing suit on. She's in the middle of the pool. They're just waiting. This scene goes on for so long. It does go on for a very long time. Of her just like sitting there. And it didn't, like, I can understand things like that trying to draw out the tension. But I think that's when I kind of like. It crossed a threshold. Yeah, yeah. For me, anyway, I was like, the scene is too long. It doesn't feel like it's drawing out tension. And then like the payoff for it doesn't feel worth it mm-hmm. uh which i'm sorry i just <laughs> it's also the, a weird payoff in that like well th- when the it follows yeah, yeah. ghoul barges in it looks just like a regular man and kelly goes who is it and jane says i don't want to tell you yeah so that's the thing where like if you didn't see the photo of the dad and you didn't remember right. what he looked like and even when they show the monster showing up as their dad you kind of can't really tell because he's from a distance too so you don't even know it's him mm-hmm. either well, so it's kind did, of her reaction i, I know that I they guess. afterwards like in a couple of moments like after the scene they show like a close-up of a family picture mm-hmm. and we see the dad there i can't re- i don't think they showed him before Oh, maybe they didn't maybe it wasn't uh, yeah. afterwards it, it weirdly comes after okay. so like the punch is negated gotcha. yeah that's upsetting to me i mean very scary there's just a man coming after them they fight it off they eventually uh 
shoot it in the brain. It starts throwing its own typewriters in the pool, which is funny. So, like, the whole point is to electrocute it in the water. She is standing in the middle as bait, which means she's going to have to book it on out to get out of there. The thing just starts mm-hmm. off immediately throwing the wired things in there. Like, it throws a TV. Yeah. It should have electrocuted her. There's, like, a short... It's slow, but it's not dumb. Apparently, sometimes. Because <laughs> it throws <laughs> it in there. It should electrocute her. It, like, buzzes for a second because they're like, oh, it'll electrocute her. So it did actually do something in the water, but it didn't hit her. And then from then on out, it keeps throwing things in the water and none of it electrifies. Yeah. Well, because it's, like, pl- unplugging them as he throws them, right? Is that the idea? Oh, I guess... Some of them are. That's what I was, like. Some of them. It's kind of unclear. Don't feel like they are. The first thing definitely was still plugged in, so I guess it was learned it? that. But so I still don't understand mm. why that didn't electrocute her. Very weird. Whatever. Anyway. So she eventually <laughs> like they fight it off for a while. Eventually, Paul gets in a couple of headshots. Uh, they dump it in the water. Uh, weirdo gets shot, which is funny. Because <laughs> you're like shot away. It's so dumb. It's like she was. She had no purpose. She's just here to get she shot, is. I guess. I thought for sure she was going to die early on. Yeah. She's just kind of like there. Like, There's no reason for her to be in here besides to be, hey, here's what happens, Scrolling folks. on my thing. Hey, let me wax poetically about a thing. Well, okay. Quick. So this is great. <laughs> so they shoot the guy in the head, the ghoul rather, a couple of times. Like a lot of red blood comes in the yeah, pool. Yeah. So then you're like, is it dead or is it mm-hmm. incapacitated? Like the, it seems to block wherever its body is or they just choose to not show it. So mm-hmm. you have no idea. Right. Which is, I think, part of the fear. I feel like you should double check. Do I have <laughs> my genital warts under control? <laughs> the answer is we'll never know. Just do your best. Finally, finally, Jane sleeps with Paul. Oh, my God. And it's very awkward. <laughs> oh, it's super awkward, and it's not good. Yeah. But I'm just like, sleep with Paul. Which I think is kind of the point, though. It's <laughs> kind of supposed to be where it's more like maybe they're doing this out of comfort or relief or just get yeah. it over with. Who knows? Okay, so then they go and visit Weirdo in the hospital, which is awesome. <laughs> she reads them this beautiful poem about inevitability. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, you guys may think you're out. You're not out. Paul drives over, sees himself a couple prostitutes. Great solution to this problem. Who's having more sex than prostitutes? The answer is celebrities, but no one else. <laughs> but then he drives on past, so you have no idea. It like seems like they're implying that he doesn't. Yeah, this mo- I think this movie does a lot of like really good visual building blocks like it's not Mm -hmm. giving you all the information but like it's letting you make those leaps yourself i love that it's so smart i do and i don't like sometimes i do and sometimes i don't yeah there are like like the boat scene (laughs) i think is particularly ambiguous in a way that doesn't help yeah because we're supposed to be following jay's story so we should Mm -hmm. see that like we're not following paul's story he's a background character or like a secondary character so i can understand maybe Mm -hmm. not seeing that but it felt weird to not know what happened to jay yeah and then they walk home and something seems to be following them. Could be a person. Maybe it's not. Could be the It Follows Ghoul. It could be uh, Jehovah's Witness ready to turn them to the Lord. <laughs> Lot going on. And that's It Follows. It's so great. They're holding hands. She's got her broken hand that they're like holding each other yeah. with. I love it. It's so good. Good. You have watched the film. Now you must prove your understanding and discuss its themes. Roxy, what would you say is the big idea of this movie? Um, well, I think there's a couple of different things they're sort of toying with. Obviously, what you were talking about earlier, kind of like the stigma around sex, mm-hmm. things like that. But I think it's more kind of about it being like death itself, how it's like as an idea and a concept, it's always following you no matter what. Mm. You could die tomorrow. You could die 50 years from now. You have no idea. 
You can't die yesterday. I mean, that's true. You can't you can't die yesterday. That's a fact. <laughs> that's but just a fact. Based on like the way when she's hanging out with Hugh in the lobby and they're doing that like little game as who would you rather be or something like that. And he talks about mm-hmm. how he wants to be this child who is like at the movie oh, theater because yeah. he has his whole life ahead of him. And then after they have sex in the car, she's talking about how she had thought about like when she was growing up how cool it would be to go on dates and like be able to drive a car mm. and everything. And then when she kind of got there, she's like, I don't really know what I want to do with this. I don't really know if I, yeah. this is not really what I envisioned my life turning out to be. And she's only like, felt like that was Paul's reaction after having sex with this woman that he'd been gaga goo goo over the entire movie. She's like, do you feel different? He's like, uh, no. Yeah, exactly. Weird. So it feels like it kind of has this this oppressive feel to it, especially because the parents are very absent. So it's, you know, having to find your own way to grow up also, mm. which like, I don't think the parents have any speaking roles at all. Mm. You see her mom in the background in a couple of scenes in the mm-hmm. hospital scene. And there's like a scene at uh, towards the end where he's she's rubbing her back reassuringly at their house yeah. i think you see her in the background drinking quite a bit there's a right. lot of yes. imagery a lot of wine with glasses. wine glasses yeah and like with the father being gone we can either assume he's either like dead or left or something mm-hmm. and so the mom is trying to cope she's grown up she her life didn't turn out how she thought it would be either yeah. so i don't know i kind of i kind of saw it more as that but there is also then kind of like the surface thing about you know when you grow up you generally people will have sex you know as you become mm-hmm. more mature sexually and emotionally that's part of it <laughs> how great <laughs> it, again i love how on the nose it's like it's like an std yeah they <laughs> <laughs> do that a lot but there is a ton of like social shame about sex mm-hmm. and I don't know the the uh, the selfishness of sex. I feel like Jane is maybe the only character in the film who is having sex in like a mature conversational way. Like she's not just engaging in sex and getting what she needs out of it, which is passing the thing on. She's like informing the other person, and they've had long conversations about it. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that's another aspect of like I guess living with an STD or living with the fear of death of just like. Showing yourself, being authentic about it, saying, like, this is what I'm going through before you engage in it, as opposed to getting what you need out of it and keeping silent about it, Mm -hmm. which I think makes her the hero, certainly more so than the Greggs and Pauls of the world. (laughs) God, Paul. Yeah. Paul is the worst. (laughs) Truly, uh, I I don't think the term incel was around in 2014, but he's got big incel energy. Yeah, yeah, where he feels like he is that owed guy is it. That on forums. He definitely feels like he's owed it. <laughs> and he's got opinions on women in video games. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Would not be surprised. <laughs> but hey, he ends up with the girl in the end, so I guess. He does. That sucks. <laughs> That's too bad. <laughs> uh, I mean, there is a lot of like, when you grow up, there's just like, okay, what do I do with this now? Yeah, and you and always have this romanticized like the way that she talks about it, like I've certainly had this happen to me multiple times where it's the the thing you think of in your head of how something's going to play out as you get older that's never going to happen mm-hmm. no matter what you think it is it's never going to happen right it's never perfect she doesn't i feel like greg is kind of this embodiment of like the perfect guy who just like oh god if you could get him wouldn't it be great mm-hmm. but it's like no he's the worst yeah he doesn't listen to you and Paul he doesn't is not give a shit great, about you i <laughs> i guess better than greg like there's yeah. even if there's a ranking there probably isn't but it's just like oh she ended up in a relationship with a guy who's not perfect 
Yeah. And who she doesn't really like, but he's connected with her in a way. And so she's found something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess something's better than nothing. Yeah. Like you can tell she finds some amount of comfort, even though at the same time they even say, like, do you feel any different? And they're both like, no, <laughs> no. no, I wish I did. Like, se- se- That's another thing, too. Like sex is built up to be this huge thing. Like it, it seems like it's when paul loses his virginity also you know where it's supposed to be this big thing mm-hmm. like oh you have sex one time and that's a big life-shattering earth-moving yeah. experience and it's like no it's just like kind of a natural process of human life for some people not even for all people you know it also usually sucks yes it's not it's always it's a so lot more bad. awkward than you think it's gonna be. yeah <laughs> i feel like um you have to have sex a minimum of four times before you have not horrible sex probably and i mean like that might even just be with the specific person too based on like your compatibility as well so Mm -hmm. like (laughs) basically there's no right or wrong way i don't think there's not like any hard and fast rule you know it's kind of just something you will find out by feeling your way through Oh, i was gonna say the hard and fast rule. okay well then what what in your (laughs) opinion is the hard and fast rule i uh, one of my art school teachers uh talked about how you can't really you can like a song the first time you hear it, but you can't ever love a song until you've heard it like three times. Mm. Yeah. And so I think sex is like that. You can't really love sex until you've had it at least three times. Hmm. Then you at least know enough about it to know what's in and out. <laughs> That's the rule. You got to know what's in and out. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Sometimes you don't know what's in. Sometimes you don't I'm know. I'm of course talking out. about trends. Yes. Of course. <laughs> what of what course the kids that's are the doing only thing. sexually. Yeah. <laughs> no innuendo you here. You're Teen Vogue, and it's like, wow, this fall. It's an acquired taste. Cunnilingus is all an the rage. An acquired taste. You're not going to like beer the first time you drink it either. It, oh, the, the headline of that article is an acquired taste. <laughs> oh, there you go. Gross. <laughs> Roxy, do you have a question for me? Um, yes, actually. I would greatly like to know what your ultimate escape plan would be to evade the It Follows creature if we are going to go by the rules it that we know of. Because, mm-hmm. like, for instance, we don't know how it moves through water aside from, like, a pool that you can walk in. So, who knows? Here's what I thought they were going to do when he first saw the pool, mm-hmm. or the picture of her in the pool, and they are like, remember we had our first kiss? And the answer was they had it at the pool. But I thought it was going to be like an old abandoned pool. Yeah, I thought so too. The way they talked about it as well, they're like, yeah, I had my first beer there, all this stuff. It sounded like it was a, you know, abandoned hangout for teens is what it sounded like. Right, yeah. No, it was a full on like school yeah. pool. <laughs> Why are you drinking like, in school? It, it had electricity. It seemed like the pool had been taken care of. It was like a functioning facility. <laughs> Weird choice. But I thought they were going to go and be in just a small pool hole, mm-hmm. an empty pool, and they would trick the It Follows ghoul into walking into the pool. And then trap it. And then it would just fall in there. And then they'd get out and take out the ladder. And then it would just be walking into the sides of the wall for the rest of its <laughs> just life. Just like a fucking NPC. It's just it's yes. passing. It's trying to get to you and it can't. <laughs> that I thought was a good answer. And nobody did that. Um, I think the actual answer is to um, go to France. Okay. Yeah, And you go to France and you stay there for a month. Here's the other thing. We also don't know if it can change course. Yeah, yeah. See, that's another thing that is not clear. Because, like, at one point, like, you're told it just never stops moving. But then Mm -hmm. you see it on the roof of her house just standing there at one point. So it's like... That was funny. 
it did get up there somehow, and then it chose to stand there. Yeah. And is it because she was directly below it? So it was like, I don't know, is it trying to get through that way? It was going to swing down. It was going to, like, grab the banister with its hands and then kick up and over. And also, they're just like, it's a naked man on the roof. Look how jarring that is. It's like, okay, cool. (laughs) Why is it up there? I don't understand. Yeah. But so that's another thing, too. If it does just make a straight beeline, is it something like, can it figure out how to take a plane? It can't speak. It has no money, so it wouldn't be able to, like, Mm -hmm. buy that. But I guess if nobody else can see it. So I guess it, and if it can be chopped up and regenerate, yeah, does see, it just walk into the too. plane's engines? Yeah, like they never, they, you don't really know if they kill it or if it's even injured or like delayed. So maybe if you shoot it in the head a bunch of times, it will be delayed for like a week or something. You have no idea. Can it, if it's going through water, is it going to be stuck on like the bottom of the ocean, just like walking that way? Or does it swim? Like you don't know. Mm-hmm. So like if you did go across like the ocean maybe like you'd be definitely buying yourself time but so we don't know if it could use a plane or whatever i guess yeah i think you gotta have two houses mm-hmm. i think you gotta have one house in america and one house in france the hugh rule like how he we theorized he yeah. was doing i think i think hugh did it i think you gotta be over in france for two months mm-hmm. how would you escape it roxy um i think basically same as you yeah have like two locations you bounce between or try and do a better job at trying to actually kill it mm. trying to trap it some somewhere like I don't know if you could encase it in, like, concrete or a cage or something. I was thinking about that, too, yeah. Something like that. Lure it to a construction building and try to time it just right so that they yeah, pour cement exactly. all over it. Exactly. So, like, would it be able to bust out? Would it be stuck and, like, trying to move just forever? Or, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? But so I think I would test more about how to kill it. Try and get a more specific rate of how fast it can travel. You know, like... It'll travel this many miles in this many hours, so it can kind of help mm-hmm. theorize, but definitely put, like, oceans between your two locations. Roxy, on a scale of 1 to 9, because 10 is not a number that exists, mm-hmm. how likely do you think this is to happen in real life? An It Follows Ghoul following around the latest sexual partner. <laughs> I'd say the uh, thematic like stigma about sex stds growing old and dying death never goes away so i'd say that is nine percent but an actual physical (laughs) ghoul manifestation i'd say uh one (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah that's fair i don't think sex has been charted in a way by uh, dark sorcerers (laughs) who study grimoires in a way that they could (laughs) ever make this an actuality but you're right i think that would I ever have sex with somebody and then they not believe me when I tell them there might be consequences? Sure. Would uh, there ever be somebody Wait, who... Wait, Mikey, am I learning something about you that I don't like? Yeah, I, I have, I have <laughs> to like on. reconsider what that what that means. Like, I'm thinking about like, uh, <laughs> you know, Greg, she like sits down with him and she's like, hey, if we're going to have sex, you might get in it follows. He's like, yeah, 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 sure. Okay, yeah, uh, let's just have sex. Yeah, though. that's on him because like, he's just thinking about getting late exactly. he's not even thinking about what happens to him after <laughs> like what the fuck yeah if the villains in this movie are greg and paul <laughs> the answer is eight <laughs> is very they are all very oh, likely yeah. and they do happen <laughs> to all of us and we have all been greg's and paul's i think at various points in our lives have we though uh i i've definitely gone through greg okay, phases yeah. oh and definitely paul <laughs> phases yeah i i've been i don't know <laughs> maybe you have personally speaking not i have not but <laughs> that's great I'm proud of you. Thank you. I'm (laughs) proud proud of me too. (laughs) I am definitely more Greg than Paul now because I'm hot. (laughs) 
but I'm also less angry, <laughs> more laissez-faire. Uh, let's stop comparing me to sexual villains in the movies we watch. Yeah, how about we don't do that? <laughs> it is time to collect your souls. I mean, it is time to collect your bets. Uh, last week, Roxy, we made a bet. Yes, we did. How many times will I jump in this film? I guessed five times. I'm, I'm a noted jumper. Okay, That's yes. an important thing to note. I jump in horror movies all the time. I have the, the nervous system of a timid cat. <laughs> I am ready to leap into the air at any moment. I guessed five jumps. You guessed 11 yes, jumps. Yes, I did, because I know. I did track this. I did not think about how little there are jump scares in this movie and how it's not Very as few jump scares. scary, really. So... I overestimated. It's more of a lingering fear, which I personally find more frightening. I think this movie is very unsettling. Yes, yeah, it's got a completely different vibe. The number of times vibe. I jumped. Yes, how many times did you jump? In this film, three. Fuck, I'm so far <laughs> off. I can't even believe how far <laughs> off I was. So you I win, Mikey. The, Yay. Uh, I jumped at the chloroform. Okay. That was scary. I jumped at the first appearance of the tall man, which is one of the more haunting movie moments I've ever seen. Yeah, the movement on that. Uh, Louis C.K., has a tv show that one episode he was doing it like he kept falling asleep and like a weird man kept like leaping into his apartment he would like open it and it was the same kind of shot he would open his front door and see a hallway and then a monster like ran out and leapt inside and it's maybe the scariest thing i've ever seen and this had that same vibe the tall man is mm. not cool with me uh, and then the screaming baby child i screamed at oh, the yes yeah. He was like the only true jump scare. It's the only time I the creature like. makes he a is... noise, too, as far as I can remember. I could be wrong, oh, but I sure, think that's yeah. the only time where it like looks at her and screams and its face is all like weird. <laughs> yeah. I love that baby child. <laughs> Why would it be a baby child? Good I was question. thinking maybe that was the only one that like physically that was the only form it could take that could fit in that hole it made. Yeah, see like something like that would make sense, yeah. It tried the tall but, man and knows? was like, wait, can't get through that way. <laughs> Roxy, I don't know if you know about this. I actually reached out and talked with the director of this oh, film. Oh, did you? What, what was his name again? <laughs> David Robert Mitchell is the man you, for real, Robert in, Mitchell. Life, in real life, talk to. Uh, I sat down with him and I said, hey, I need to know the rest of the chain. I need to know how the It Follows Ghoul started and who were the people. Like, we know that Jane slept with Hugh mm -hmm. and then Hugh slept with a woman at the bar. He says that in the movie. But I'm like... Who did that woman at the bar sleep with? And who did that person sleep with? And back up uh, to the very beginning of the It Follows chain. And he actually said, well, don't worry, Michael McCuller. I am happy to give you my document that lists oh, I see. all all of the sexual partners of everybody, including all the way back up to the top of the chain. Do you want to go through so this? He gave you the, uh, the It Follows lore Bible is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. That was the condition for me to uh, get out of his house. Okay. It makes sense. <laughs> I was sitting in his living room cross-legged and I said, hey, D David Robert Mitchell, you directed It Follows, right? And he said, yes. And I, I'm calling the police. And I said, hold on. I'll leave peacefully. I just need the single document that I know you have. And he gave it to me. Uh, so we have it. Do we want to take a look yeah, at this? Yeah, let's take a look at it. Okay. Okay. So Hugh slept with a woman at a bar. Mm. That woman's name was Anne Barkley. Anne Barkley. Okay. And she was a history buff. She was big into the San Francisco gold rush. Interesting. And so she studied that. She like worked at a museum. She studied the San Francisco gold rush to the point where she felt most comfortable dressing like a San Francisco prospector. So she wore overalls and no uh -huh, shoes. Uh -huh. 
because they famously didn't wear shoes when they went to the mines. <laughs> right, they were always barefoot, and they um, they wore <laughs> they wore their pants hiked up real high, <laughs> and they always had long red t shirts mm. on. Uh, so that's what she was wearing when she met Hugh. They did make her wear shoes to go into the bar, but she, she got she got one of those big floppy hats too. Yeah, she had a big okay. hat with um like the ha- the center of the hat, the like piece that tops off the hat was like kind of coming unstitched, so it was like kind of folding <laughs> yeah. up. And so she, they did make her wear shoes. So she just borrowed the bars, uh, like community mm-hmm. shoes. Like you know, how sometimes you go to a restaurant and they're like, oh, you need a jacket. Uh, and the, but they're like, oh, we've got a jacket for you, and it's always too yeah. big. Um, this bar had that with shoes, okay, because it was in such close proximity to the museum that focuses on the San Francisco Gold Rush mm-hmm. that there's enough people walking around barefoot that they just they just have a couple pairs of yeah. shoes. So she was wearing uh, some oversized <laughs> Adidas <laughs> when she when she you met gotta him. make sure you encourage that return business, so I can understand why they would go out of their way to give her a pair of oversized. You don't want to turn down a customer in this economy. <laughs> uh, do you want to just read the next line of the the person who Anne Barkley slept with? Yeah. To get the It Follows ghoul. So I'm seeing here that because she worked at the museum, she came uh, in contact with a lot of people who also worked like at the museum and in mm-hmm. adjacent categories. So she met a paleontologist, actually, who oh. <laughs> was just back from a dig. Uh, he found a big old T-Rex, is find of the century, super cool. Uh, so he wanted to celebrate and just right place, right time. I don't think he knew about he... the It Follows creatures. My guess, though, he was so distracted by dinosaur bones. Oh, got it, got it, got it. So he was like, first of all, fresh <laughs> off a dig. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's like kind of dirty. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but also that means that whoever he slept with to get the It Follows ghoul, he slept very quickly. So that must have been somebody at the dig site. Must have been. You, you're seeing it there. Is she on the list? Because them? I'm looking at... Um, so that guy's name was um, Philip Wilton. Okay. The paleontologist. Philip and Wilson. Philip Wilton, I'm seeing at the dig site, met a woman named... Is this right? It's just a single name. Hmm. Uh, her her name is Squan. Squan. It's spelled Squan? S-Q-U-A-N. Squan. Squan? Squan. Squan. Um, and I'm seeing here that she's a feral woman. Oh, wow. She... <laughs> <laughs> he really had a type, huh? So that's why she was at yeah. the dig site. She was just like living in the forest. Ah, okay. She was interested in like whatever the hell they were doing out there. Right, right, right. She's the kind of creature who lives in a forest and <laughs> climbs all around up on the branches. <laughs> Friends with Tarzan, I get and it. And she just wore a single loincloth and it only covered one breast, which I'm finding out is what so attracted Philip. Okay. She had one breast out. <laughs> he was like, well, gotta, I gotta have sex with that. I mean, like you're uh, on a paleontology dig, you, probably not a lot of options out in the middle of nowhere in the oh, forest. Oh, it had been <laughs> somewhere between six and 13 months for old Phil. But since she's a feral woman, she's so good at evading, she probably was stuck with it for a while, I would assume. Yeah, I think that's what it says here, that she, um, she had had the It Follows ghoul for 16 years. Wow, okay, yeah. See, she's she's very good at her, her job of living in the forest that's a job right that can be a job (laughs) (laughs) uh who do you see is uh the next name on the list here i don't know i okay let me see that all right it doesn't it doesn't have a name why did it why does this not have a name mikey could this be the progenitor do you think it's the progenitor of the it follows oh yeah well i I mean it doesn't have a name because there's no historical record of this Mm, person i see okay Um, one thing david robert mitchell told me about this um about this entire list is that he's just going by 
official court documents. Oh, okay. This makes makes sense. Whoever this person is, they just didn't have a name. They didn't have a social security number. You know who this is. He did mention this to me in person Mm. when I I was in his house and uh, eating his food. And he said... (laughs) There is uh, one person on the list who's a very famous criminal, and he winked at me. Oh. So here I am now putting it together. Of course, there's no name on this list going backwards because the person who gave Squam the It Follows virus Uh was notorious plane slash money robber D.B. Cooper. Oh, my God. It makes so much sense. Right? (laughs) Yeah, because that wasn't his real name, so you can't put that on the document. Exactly. There's no documents of him. So, okay. D.B. Cooper, as we all know, in about the 60s or 70s, was a man who got on an airplane. This is a real story. Uh Uh, And he passed a note to the stewardess that said, I have a bomb in my briefcase and I need $200,000 and two parachutes. Otherwise, I'm going to blow the plane. And she's like, okay. And they did it somehow. (laughs) They got got him money up in the plane. And he parachuted away and they never found him again. Or his money. And the, and the money went missing, too. So I guess now we can kind of start piecing this together. He must have landed in the forest. Yeah. Met a woman who would go on to live, who maybe was already living in the forest. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know Squam's whole life story. She doesn't have to tell it to us no. either. So Well, we she had 16 assume. years. Yeah. This is just a couple of years before the woman. So it's uh, D.B. Cooper must have lived in the woods, too. <laughs> 20 to 30 years yeah before from some meeting amount of time at least right i mean uh-huh. he he escaped notice he probably was just like laying low you know sure. waiting waiting for his chance mm-hmm. to built re-enter a small <laughs> he built a small fortress out of his money <laughs> <laughs> his dollar bills he just pasted together into a house <laughs> so that means we're like in the 60s though whoever gave db cooper the it follows had to have been the progenitor, right? You're right. I, I think we're at the point where it's like, we got to be getting to the beginning of this. Yeah, I would think so. And it looks like whoever gave D.B. Cooper the It Follows virus at first was, uh, so this was the 60s. So that would have been, yeah, yeah, I'm looking at this right. Lady Bird Johnson, the wife of former President Lyndon Johnson. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Here's the thing. A lot of government experiments going on at the time, they didn't feel, they didn't feel good. (laughs) They didn't feel right about Uh testing it on people. So they needed volunteers, Mm -hmm. right? The U.S. government is always looking for new ways to weaponize its technology. And weaponize the first lady in particular. Well, exactly. (laughs) She is like real game. (laughs) She's Uh just like up for anything. She's Uh like, I'll try it. And so they were working on some sort of... Uh, weapon that they could maybe inject a soldier with and then have him go have sex with the enemy. Like you do. You know, some soldiers, they were having a lot of problems in the 60s, specifically with soldiers so horny they were having sex with the enemy anyway. <laughs> so they're like, let's just use this to our advantage. And they injected Lady Bird Johnson as a test subject because, again, she's just like, I'm game. Is this part of MK Ultra? Lady Bird Johnson, famously ready for anything. She actually ate, uh, also ate the first chicken nugget. Oh, did she? I don't she? know if you know that. Yeah, they were testing chicken nuggets, and Lady Bird Johnson was like... Is that also like, part of MK Ultra testing those chicken nugget, nuggets? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, did you say te- MK Ultra? Yeah, MK Ultra. Is this part of MK Ultra? <laughs> What's MK Ultra? What? Okay, that's for a different episode then, I guess. It's real government okay. experiments using LSD and multiple other things to... Uh, Tight try to expand the human mind well, people weren't used to chicken in that I form see. in lsd form you know what yeah. i mean they, they were uh people were surprised to see chicken they're like it's not a breast or a thigh and they're like oh no it's a nugget and lady bird johnson's like i'll try it 
Little did she know. Anyhow, they tried it. They gave her a sex virus, and then she gave it to uh, D.B. Cooper. Who was her famous secret lover. Famous secret lover. And that's why he had to escape, because he had the wrath of Lyndon Johnson. Yeah, and, and the follows who, demon. E- even if he wasn't president, I don't remember how the timelines exactly work, but even if he wasn't president, he was very powerful in the United States Senate at this point in time. And so that's the entire history of the Gotta Apollos. get that money. Gotta get that distance. Hide in the woods. <laughs> well, Smart. that's why he needed the $200,000. Yes. And also why he <laughs> decided, you know what? I just don't need to go back to society. Just wait here for a bit. Yeah. I'm having a good time with Squam over here. Who needs that money? He loves Squam. <laughs> That's what's important to note is he loved Squam. Mm. <laughs> they loved each other so much. And D.B. Cooper, of course, eaten by two bears. Ah, I see. So he didn't. Right as, I mean, and that's what tore Squam's Heart? Uh, loincloth oh. and let her one breast fall out. I see. <laughs> that so attracted uh, Philip Wilton. And that's the history of the It Follows Demon. Who would have thought? Yeah. Amazing. It, it, fascinating. It really takes us through some famous names. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> Didn't think we were going we to. the mystery of D.B. Cooper. He, he was... Yeah, that's the thing. It's two mysteries wrapped up in one. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> I'm impressed with us, honestly. Pretty good. Roxy, is Demon Bot stirring? Wait, do you hear that? Oh. Ugh. Uh-oh. Ugh. What do you got to say, Demon Bot? You have managed to review It Follows. Congratulations. Your souls are safe for another week. For next week, you must review the 1982 film The Thing, directed by John Carpenter and starring Kurt Russell, Keith David, and Wilford Brimley. If you do not, your souls shall be forfeit and I shall claim your bodies as my own. All right, we're watching The Thing from 1982, and he's going to take our souls if we do not watch The Thing. We should then, for next week, watch the thing. Okay, that sounds like a good idea to me. I like my soul. We should also probably make a bet. A bet? About the thing. Okay. Yeah. What do you say to a four for four? Four for four. Okay, how about you explain what our four for four is then this week? No, I don't think we need to. You don't? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's pretty pretty self-explanatory. The four for four. Will the fourth build actor of 1982's The Thing make it to the final four survivors of the film. We know horror movies full of characters getting slowly whittled down. The final four, will the fourth build actor be in that final four? Four for four. Roxy, what do you think? I am going to say no. Okay, I will say yes. I think I think the fourth build actor is like a good sweet spot. Okay. In terms of the, like... The cast in the thing, there is quite a few of them too. So I'd say it, it could go either way. It's a good like surprising way. choice for somebody to survive. Yeah. The pact is sealed. I mean, the bet is confirmed. The bet shall be whether or not the characters played by the four highest billed actors will also be the final four survivors. The loser shall be forced to play the PlayStation 2 video game sequel to the film. Roxy, I think that's going to do it for our time here down in the scary basement. Before we go, I want you to uh, tell everybody something that's making you happy. We don't want to leave them on this big, sad horror front, we want to leave them with a little pep in their step. Something a little upbeat. I gotcha. Uh, well, as we're recording this, I don't know when this is going to go live. <laughs> um, it is uh, December and just a couple days before Christmas. So uh, personally, I've been really enjoying packaging up Christmas gifts for people and sending them out. I know this year in particular has been very hard for everybody and getting a little something in the mail, yeah. knowing that somebody's thinking about you, especially when so many of us are like not together like i'm certainly not able to go home with my family i'm just gonna be here doing some zoom calls Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
So it, it's nice to put some good energy out there for people you care about. Yeah, unfortunately, every dollop of good energy you send out does uh, make Krampus, the bad energy oh, no. Christmas killer, that much more powerful. <laughs> Not Krampus, no. Roxy, you have unfortunately <laughs> killed a minimum of four people. God damn it. Krampus <laughs> always gets you. You know, you, you have no idea how he's going to interpret you that You always shit. forget. Yeah, you always forget about Krampus. You think Krampus. you're out of Halloween. We're done. <laughs> We're done with spooky stuff. And then Krampus comes back. He's like, nope, Christmas is spooky, too. And you're like, mm, I guess. <laughs> Fine, Krampus. Fine. Folks, that's going to do it for Roxy and I here on Scary Basement. Roxy, do you want to plug anything before we get out? Yeah, go follow me on Twitter, Roxy Polk. It's just my name. It's really easy to remember. I also have just a name. Follow me on Twitter, at Michael McCaller, and on Twitch, at twitch.tv slash Michael McCaller. Hey, me too. Me too. Me also on Twitch. <laughs> Follow Roxy on Twitch also at <laughs> twitch.tv slash Roxy Pope. Roxy, it's time to make our escape. Are you ready? Okay, yes. Okay. okay. Close your eyes. Okay. Sw- take this knife. D- I, I need to be able to see see the knife. Okay. Swing it wildly and run straight ahead. <laughs> okay. Go, go, go. I feel like I'm being used as bait. <laughs> <laughs>